What is our life purpose? Well, I could be here the whole day exploring different perspectives on this. But today, I just want to share with you one of my many visions of this thing that is to be alive. What is our purpose, we ask? What is the task or the tasks that we should do? What are the things that we are meant to do? I don't know about that, but I read a sentence in the book that I love that suits it perfectly. It says, Shooing our soul to its own is our task. And you know, that made me think for a few hours. I spent like three hours or so lying on the couch while staring at the ceiling, just thinking about it. And I ended up concluding that I deeply agree with it. Our task is shooing our soul to its own. It's finding our way back through the splinters, the thorns and the darkness. Seeking our essence isn't an artist's delusion. It's a nature of being. It's wanting to be, wanting to seek and going beyond the barriers of what we think it should be. Because it's when we go beyond what we think it should be that we discover ourselves. It's right there that we deconstruct the construction and sieve the remains to remove what we aren't, what doesn't belong to us. And it's there, as we go further, as we sift through what doesn't belong to us, that we discover the true self, what we truly are. This is the shooing away the soul back home. Because the real home is us. And how many times along the way do we look for this true home in places, people or things? How many times do we seek to fill the inside with the outside? Unintentionally, we sink under the way of what we put inside of us. We sink under the way of what doesn't belong to us. What we aren't. And we end up becoming a wreck of ourselves. We struggle wearily in the ocean of our tears and fears, and from that moment, we know that we are on what we call the end line. We don't even know where we're going or what we want, nothing makes sense to us anymore. At that moment, we no longer know how to distinguish the water that belongs to us from the waters that we pretend to be for the world. At that moment, we feel so lost in our identity that we don't even know who we are anymore. We are tired. And all these are analogies to the loss of our essence. When we feel in this shipwreck of ourselves, when we spend so much of our lives trying to be, and I reinforce the word try, trying to be, because that's precisely where the problem is. Because being flows naturally, and trying means thinking about what you are going to be in order to apply it. This is to say that what we truly are requires no attempt or effort. It's already in us. But it does require fight. Against our fears, insecurities, traumas and impositions. We are it, thoughtlessly and unconsciously. And when we try to be, we impose a script on our nature. My question is, what comes to your mind when you're doing something you really love? 
what's on your mind when you just let yourself be. And don't be scared if your answer is nothing or I don't remember. Because most likely, at that moment, you were much more living and experienced than actually thinking. Now, my other question is, what comes to your mind when you're doing something you don't like? Something that doesn't feed your soul? You probably think you don't like being in there. You question why you feel so much frustrated and unhappy. For a moment, you think you just wanted more than that. You feel helplessness, sadness, and most likely, in some moments, you try to force normality with a, it has to be this way. <laughs> what we do to fool ourselves, don't we? But have you noticed how quickly you remember a huge list of things? This is the difference between being and trying to be. Sometimes, we don't have to try to be but rather stop trying to be what we aren't. When we don't nourish our sense, she becomes dissatisfied. And so, she knocks on the door of our thoughts and complains to us. She warns us that something is wrong. She becomes that grumpy mother, who tells us we're going to get sick if we don't go out with a scarf, or that we're going to fall if we don't look down. And these sense know what she says. But we, deeply wrong or so often right that we need to put everything we are in just one box, end up ignoring what this inner voice tells us. For many of us, it's only when we're shipwrecked that we realize she was actually right. That she was right when she told us it wasn't safe to take the wooden raft out in the vast expanse of the ocean that we are. She knew we were going to sink. That the raft would be destroyed. Fortunately, some of us, in the midst of what seems to be the end, cling with all our strength to rise. Until the sun sends us a rescue ship and we humbly fill ourselves with gratitude that life didn't hand there. Unfortunately, Many others never admit the problem. They end up blaming external conditions such as the weather. And when the rescue comes, they still insist they don't need help. And these are the ones who live forever shipwrecked. In this last part, I was talking about taking responsibility for our actions, but also the humbleness and vulnerability of seeking help and allowing ourselves to be helped when we need it. We all fail. And I would be lying if I said that trying to be who we are not is not something we have all experienced in different ways. Either to integrate, to be liked, or to be what we think it's projected as good. We want to be on the approval side, right? And that's fine. None of us is born taught, are we? And that's where we deconstruct the construction and see if there remains to remove what we aren't, what doesn't belong to us. And it's then, as we go further, as we sift through what doesn't belong to us, that we uncover the real me. And all of this that I just told you is part of the sieve I mentioned in the beginning. It is part of this path that nobody can walk with us. 
It is a path that is not made overnight. And while it may seem like a lonely one, it's more like introspective than anything else. It is a path of self-analysis, of ups and downs, of perceptions, of constant sinkings and awakenings. It may even seem tiring to us at first glance, but the growth and inner knowledge that comes from this process are priceless. But then, how do we know that we are back home, you ask? Well, the answer is simple, and maybe less fancy than we would like. But for me, we are back home when we are able to look at the world through the eyes of our younger selves. When we look at the world through the lenses of our inner child. When we rescue the innocent look in us that we thought was lost long ago. This, for me, is the radical acceptance of being. The greatest sense of home we can ever feel. This, to me, is the true definition of being at home. Of being home.